Hey everybody, welcome to Love the Nilsons. I'm Thomas. My name is Alyssa. And we're here to share our story. Discuss relationships. Talk about raising our kids. Be advocates for mental health. Share our faith. And whatever else life may throw our way. Let's do this. Woo! Hello friends, welcome back to Love the Nilsons. We are... Excited to continue on with our story that we Excited started. Excited is one way to describe it. We've been trying to do this for we like a week been... and it's just creating lots of antsy feelings. Yeah, we have put a lot of thought and effort into this episode actually. Um, and so excited to finally share um, just what we've been working on and what we've been thinking a lot about. Um, we ended last week. Um, we talked about the birth story of our sweet little baby girl. And we ended last week. Um, things were really good with her delivery. And then 24 hours later, they were not good. That's when things took a very, very quick U-turn yeah. as far as our health. health. <laughs> so that's where we ended last week. And so we did want to get into what happened after that. Um, here we are now four months later. Um, grateful to be here together. Um, literally. Yeah. But not just like something you throw out casually. No, it brings whole new meaning for us when we say we're grateful to be here. Like, no, we are very grateful to be here sitting right next to each other right now. Cause four months ago, Almost to the day, it was not looking like I would have Alyssa by yeah. my side for the rest of this life. So I'm just going to hop in. Here is what we want to do. We want to share the story of what happened. And we have a huge list of miracles um, that also happened. And we want to share both. So the beginning here will just be <sighs> the insane. Yeah, we're going to try to keep it like... Not get into like the crazy nitty gritty right off the bat, but we're gonna share keep some it like ten thousand foot level at first, just to kind of set the stage, and then more more details will come as we share miracles that we saw and yeah. things like that. That's kind of the plan right now. So I'll just dive in. So essentially, um, like we had mentioned, delivery was fantastic. Honestly, so good. Um, and she was born at like one thirty in the morning. So 24 hours later, about 2 a.m. Um, the next day, I woke up in the middle of the night just in a pretty good amount of pain. Um, and I was really cold. I was super shivery. Shivering like crazy. Yeah, man. and I remember waking you up and you like piled blankets on me and then ended up, I think you called the nurse because I was still just so cold. And so the nurse came in, checked my temperature. That was the first thing she did. No fever. And that's important here. <laughs> <laughs> no fever throughout no this fever. whole thing. Yeah, you were freezing, cold, shivering. Yeah. You didn't feel hot to the touch or anything. No, I helped I you go to the warm. bathroom, and I I just wrote it off as you know normal twenty four hours postpartum. Like she's just cold. I just she's was cold. you know I had, I just had tired. a baby. Like you know tired. And the breastfeeding, nurse, just lots of things. Yeah, the nurse checked my temperature. She's like, "Oh, you don't have a fever. You're just probably cold." And it's the middle of the night, so we all just wanted to get back to sleep. Um, and I eventually, 
I don't know if I really went back to sleep much, to be honest. Um, and I just, like, through the rest of the night, I just was not feeling good. Um, my stomach hurt. The pain my was very centralized yeah. in your abdomen. Like, right around, I mean, where <clears throat> my uterus was, really. Which and... is why everybody was just thinking it was your uterus contracting, like it was normal. Yeah, normal, like, afterbirth, like, uterine contraction pains, essentially. Which happens, but, yeah. Yeah, and so, and I, you know, I felt that before, but I was like, Man. And there wasn't any major cause for concern yet. No, it, it hurt okay. for sure, but it was like, yeah. okay, like you're and, tough, you're gonna be able to yeah. get through this. Let's let's work breathe through it, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, they probably gave me some more ibuprofen, whatever. But as the night went on, I just was not feeling good. I my stomach just hurt so bad. And but the nurses kind of just kept saying like, oh, here's some more heat packs. Like everybody just thought it was kind of those like uterine contractions that happen after. And I was like, man, I must not be as tough as I thought because it was hurting. Mm, that's baloney. It was hurting so bad, and everyone just kept bringing me heating packs and you went through so many heating packs. I forgot about those. And it was just so bad. And um. I, you know, so then the I, rest of the night went went on like the morning. Well, yeah, came, but right? then the morning, the morning came, and we were actually going to. I be, had fallen back asleep. I think. I think I was very concerned for you, but yeah, we it was all still just middle of the sleep. night. But I went back to sleep. Yeah. Well, I our plan was to be discharged um, first after thing in the morning, twenty four hours. So exactly twenty four hours is when my pain kind of started. But obviously, you don't get discharged at two o'clock in the morning. And so between two o'clock and I don't know when the midwife came, maybe ten or I don't. I have literally no idea what time it was in the morning. But um, I was in a significant amount of pain by that point. And so obviously she was like, uh, probably shouldn't let you go home yet. Let's like push it um, to 48 hours and let's give you another night here. And I was really sad. I wanted to get home to our boys and I was like, I'm fine. You're bummed. But like, I wasn't about to let you walk out of there in that pain. I was like, everyone's telling me it's normal. Um, and I, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. I never had a fever. My vitals stayed okay. Um, I ended up going to the bathroom and, um, you know, those little like, just to keep, keep the time frame in line here. What time is this? This is like in the afternoon, now? probably So the day day had gone on pain, just slowly getting worse and hurting. And it would hurt a ton when you would breastfeed the baby, mm-hmm. which was further evidence to everybody there. Like, oh yeah, that's for sure. Just the put uterus. some heat packs on it. So, so yeah, so the day went on. It was Concern just was there, but then afternoon came. Sorry, I just want to keep the timeline as straight <laughs> yeah. as we can here. I was going to the bathroom, and you know those little like pull cords in the hospital bathrooms, like if you have an emergency. Um, I don't. I didn't pull it on purpose. I. I honestly don't know what happened. Um, I'll just say one of the little miracles there. Um, it's kind of hard to pass that one over. So I accidentally pulled the little cord in the bathroom and so i remember there was somebody calling me and like chatting in the bathroom like hey are you okay in there and i was in a ton of pain i was there with you and, and i think i, I just, said yeah get in here because I, I had been talking about getting a nurse in there yeah. but like i never want to it's like a fine line that i have to walk like because i don't want to like you know step on your toes with your health like because, like, I know you know your pain yeah. best. So I'm like, I'm going to let you call the nurse if you want. Like, I see you're in a lot of pain. Like, I would have called the nurse, like, way sooner. But... My problem was that they just kept telling me to use heating packs. So I just was trying to be tough. I'm like, okay, like, if this is all, like, I'll just use another heat pack. So anyway, so I'm in the bathroom. The charred nurse calls in and 
Thomas is like, yeah, she's just in a ton of pain. And so the charge nurse comes in. So this nurse hadn't seen me yet this morning. I think she had seen not, me. Not that morning. morning. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. She hadn't seen me yet this morning. And so she didn't know what state I was in. She had seen me maybe the day before. Yeah. Um, she was amazing. And she came in. She saw how much pain I was in. And she was like, oh, my word. Like, this is Because last time she saw you was the okay. day that we talked about last episode where like, it was, was just great. a great day. Butterflies yeah. and rainbows. We're going home. Yeah. And so she walked in my room and was like, oh my goodness, like you are in so much pain. Like how long has this been going on? So she started to dig in and started to make things actually kind of move forward and happen because she realized like this is not just normal, normal pains like after birth. Yeah, and we mean um, no, no, no disrespect to the other nurses. Like they were doing they didn't exactly what they thought. They hadn't seen the before and after. Yeah. So. And I didn't have a fever. So they were, they were doing great for the information that they had. Yeah. So honestly, the day just kept getting worse and worse and worse. It just was not a good day at all and for a while i um was denying pain meds i didn't want to do it i didn't think i needed to and we've talked on here like my dad has a history of addiction with um pain medications and so i was scared I, i haven't really taken many in my life and i just was like no i'll be fine we can get through this um but it got to a point where the nurses and doctors were like your vitals are struggling like you are not doing okay like we strongly recommend this and so once i do start taking pain meds and my vitals started not being great my memory's a touch fuzzy yeah that's that's where i can fill in some of the gaps it's fuzzy for me too especially that first like day and a half after the pain like it was everything was moving so quickly and it was just like Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Action plan. Here we go. Execute. Like, but I will tell you what I do remember. And maybe yeah, and you I can, can fill, fill in the in gaps. The gaps. Yeah. But let me tell you, this pain was unreal. Like, I would go back and give birth a hundred times over. The and you said that multiple have, times yeah. during the I, pain, too. I kept saying, I was like, this is worse <clears throat> than labor. Like, this is so much worse. And mind you, I didn't have an epidural. <laughs> and so I just was like, this is so much worse. And I remember I had to have a CT scan because they're like, oh, maybe something's, you know, left over, like some placenta or something. And they checked. I think they maybe did an ultrasound. Um, they did. They checked your bladder. They had like a thing that would check scan the to make sure nothing, yeah, amount of mm-hmm. urine in your bladder. Yeah. Obviously, tons of blood work. They were checking my vitals like constantly. And just nothing. Like it was just, I mean, they... The, the blood work and like your vitals were not good but nobody we, could, we couldn't pinpoint anything yeah my white blood cells did start to climb up that day so but it, it still was still no fever infection. yeah i didn't have a fever the whole time um and i remember my vitals started to go in a very poor direction so i remember my heart rate was very high like over 150 like mm-hmm. just sleeping like it was so high and my blood pressure was dropping like very very low not and extremely so, low at this point but it we'll get to that but yeah, it was so definitely at that point be below the acceptable yeah. range at that point i mean i had been visited by various like my midwife an OBGYN, a hospital doctors i mean a handful of hospital doctors um 
several people had come in to try and figure out what the heck was going on and they kind of had like their guesses so um i i remember too i got to a point where i was in so much pain i i basically told you like i can't take care of our baby like you need to take they had her. Brought, they I had brought donated her. breast milk at this point. Like I, don't, I, I don't remember when, but they Well, had she brought... went to the nursery. I know. I don't remember when that was. So we handed her over to the nurses and basically said, like, I can't. And Thomas was trying to take care of me. Your mom was there at this point, too, which was kind oh, of helpful. Yes. Because we asked her to come because she had we were come. Struggling. We had our neighbors come over to be with the boys. And that gave me, like, a split-second break. Like, I was able to... We had a very good friend angel friend who came to the hospital at midnight to Mm, feed feed, i don't yeah feed me and yeah your mom and he gave me a priesthood blessing to help ease my mind a little bit and was just Mm -hmm. there It it was at that point right before he came i was in next to you you're just writhing around in pain on the bed and that's when like I finally broke down and cried for the first time. Like I was very sympathetic towards you, obviously throughout this whole thing. But at that point was when the feelings of like helplessness and like seeing you in this amount of pain, like, and I couldn't do anything. So I'm holding your hand, you're squeezing it so tight and I just lost it. And that's when nurses like started to pat me on the back and like try to like console me. And luckily that's when our friend was able to come. And I, I just, your mom was there to, you know, be with you while I stepped out for just a second to catch some air. It was like we were underwater drowning and I had to come up for air for a second and luckily our friend was there. Provide a little distraction. We chatted baseball for a second. <laughs> Both our teams stink this year, so it's we can commiserate, but that was another miracle. I know we're not pinpointing miracles quite yet, but that was yeah, just one. Go, it's yeah. okay. And it just everything just happened so quickly. Like we had had this incredible delivery. Like we were at the highest of joy like it just was so best delivery of the it three. was just so good we were such we were, there was just so much peace and calmness and then it just took a turn so quickly like we're out at sea calm so and then like a storm boom no, like I'm, literally you laugh, no, I'm being no, serious. it was like a storm true. rolled in and there was like 50 foot waves literally all of a it just all of a sudden and my vitals just continued to be really bad and so i do remember that night so after our friend had left my mom left i remember trying to go to sleep that night our baby was in the nursery she wasn't even there in there with us and they had already given me a few IV bags of fluid because when your blood pressure is really low, they will try and give you fluids to increase your blood pressure and help. Um, but they essentially said as we went to sleep, like, we can only give you, I think, one more bag before we, like, have to take you to the ICU here. And I obviously was sad, but I was like, okay, like, You know, we got this, and so we both went to sleep, and literally middle of the night again. So now we're basically at forty-eight hours, right? From delivery, twenty-four hours after your pain. So forty-eight hours after our baby is born, like again, almost exactly middle of the night. I remember it's dark. I mean, we had been asleep. Um, The nurses come in and just like quietly wake me up, and they're like, "Did you sleep?" Yeah, I was asleep. I mean, I was also on a lot of medications already. But they were like, Alyssa, like, we gave you the last bag of fluid that we can, and your blood pressure is still just going down. It just keeps going down. Like, we have to take you to the ICU. And I knew I couldn't get through this episode without crying. There will be many, many tears. Um, 
but I remember the sweet nurse, even she teared up and she said, just so you know, your baby, (laughs) your baby can't come with you to the ICU. So you're going to have to say goodbye. And I really appreciated that nurse and her tenderness with that. But so they brought our baby in again. Um, I was still just miserable and in so much pain, but they let me nurse her. Even though it hurt, you just yeah, wanted to I just have wanted that to hold her and I didn't know what was going to happen after that, which I'm so, so glad. So um, they let me hold her one more time, maybe probably 15 minutes. And then they were like, okay, we really need to go. And they had woken you up and it was just a blur too, because it was like the middle of the night. I think and it was so, three or, <laughs> yeah, or four. And so they moved me to the ICU in that same hospital Um, and I remember shortly after getting to the ICU, they did some sort of test on me, on my heart to know if they could give me any more fluids because they wanted, my blood pressure was still terrible. And so they tested your body for where fluids were or something. The ability of my heart to pump more fluids because if my heart wasn't strong enough, they couldn't give it more fluids. And I remember the guy finishing the nurse in the ICU, finishing the test and just, I don't know. He seemed kind of defeated to me. I don't know if you remember that, but just like, we can't give you more fluids. Like your heart is not strong enough. My heart was literally failing. And so at that point, still heart rate above 150 through this. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was pumping to try to try and get blood through my body. Blood flowing. Yeah. Um, so I remember just being in the ICU separated from our baby. You had come with me, but then I wanted you to go back upstairs. Yeah, I was with you there when you got checked in and we were there with the nurses. They had like the, I don't even know if you remember this, the telehealth that was like connected up to like, there was a video, like a camera (laughs) in there that connected to like the bigger hospital. So a nurse from that hospital called in and chatted with you for a little bit. So you were already on their radar for sure. Yeah. So I was with you maybe for an hour or two down yeah, there. Yeah, it wasn't long. We were so tired. So I Before sent, you sent me back up to like sleep for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I sent him up to go sleep and be with our baby. Um, and I remember texting our families at probably 5 in the morning, just letting them know, hey, I'd been moved to the ICU. I'm just, I'm really not doing well. Um, and then it was at that point that, again, in the morning, more doctors came in. I remember being in the ICU room. I remember there was like windows right in front of where I was like the doors were big sliding glass windows and um I remember several doctors and nurses all out in the hallway trying to figure out what the heck to do with me because I was dying in front of their eyes and my body was swelling up with just these inflammatory fluids yeah at this Um, point your stomach was so full of fluids again that you looked like you were pregnant looked like I was 20 months pregnant it was so bad and my eyes were swelling literally everything on my body started swelling it was really tough I was I was back at the ICU at this point I think somebody came and woke me up at like seven or something and said hey you should probably head down there baby was baby was taken care of the nurses were all super yeah the nurses had her so actually so then my mom and one of our really good friends came to the hospital. Your brother and his fiance came too. Yes, they were there. A lot of people all of a sudden showing yeah. up. Yeah. Like there's there's times where I try to remember like like Who our friend there? showing up. Like I don't remember her showing up. All of a sudden she was just at my side asking me a question. I'm like, I was how like, did you oh, end up hi. here? <laughs> yeah. And she said that she just had a feeling she should come. Which I was, texted her maybe, but I don't remember texting. It was her. just super reassuring <laughs> to have somebody who was there that was fluent in medical terminology mm-hmm. and understanding things like we're we're pretty 
educated people, even more so now, especially in the medical <laughs> terminology, but like it was helpful to have somebody there that understood kind of like procedures and things like that. So yeah. having her there was another miracle. So we had a handful of family and friends um, because our baby was also upstairs, perfectly healthy still. She she was great. Ready to perfect. be discharged. And at that point, yeah, ready to be discharged. The, the pediatricians had no reason to keep her at the time. Like there was no concerning signs of her being infected or anything. And so my mom actually, it was about the same time that like the life flight crew showed up because essentially the surgeons at this hospital were not sure what to do with me. And I was just so sick. Like I said, literally dying in front of them that they had to send me to a bigger hospital with more specialists. And so I remember the life flight crew showing up um, I don't even remember like a discussion necessarily of like, hey, we're gonna fly you up there. I just remember they did. They they talked about like the I said, life flight. it's really fuzzy <clears throat> for me that day. But. They talked about life flight before, like early in that morning, like at seven when like the whole team of doctors was there. That's when the first mention of light. I mean, it probably was mentioned before. That's the first time I remember it being mentioned was that early morning huddle with all the doctors and. I think in between then and when the life flight crew showed up, I went back up to the mom and baby unit mm -hmm. and talked to the nurse with your mom there and like gave verbal approval mm -hmm. and signed to something discharge. that your mom was allowed to mm -hmm. discharge her. Um, and then at that point, I think your mom stayed there and I went back to the ICU and then that's when life flight crew showed up. Yeah. And unfortunately they did not have a seat for me on the airplane or sorry, on the helicopter just because somebody was training and there was no room for me. And that was a little mm -hmm. concerning that I was going to have to watch yeah. her fly away. Yeah. But. So the life flight crew came, I was on so many medications already in my IV at the time. Um, it took them a good 30 minutes just to get like my IV medications from the hospital to be able to be transported onto the helicopter. Like I remember them labeling everything they and switching very, it over to their stuff. Yeah, they were very meticulous. It took a long time, but it so wasn't like meds. I didn't, at least for me, I didn't feel like, like, come on, let's hurry up. Yeah. Like, I feel like they were making sure to, you know, cross their T's, dot their they I's. They were calm. They were calm, they were, very calm. Yeah, they were calm, quick, but not like seeming like, oh, we're in a rush or anything. Um, I've had several people ask me in that instance when I was being loaded onto a life flight helicopter because also I mask all the time. Yes, I do remember. I remember everything. <laughs> like there's a lot of fuzzies, but like I remember. Um, but I... You stayed conscious through yes, the entire thing. Yes, I was thing. conscious. Yes. But I, um, I did not think I was... I didn't realize I was dying. Um, I mean, I, I was told how sick I was. My vitals were absolutely terrible. The fact I that felt life terrible. was involved. Life was, light showed up yeah. because this hospital couldn't help me, but I just, I was fairly calm. I was more sad about the fact that my baby was going home without me to my boys and I was going to miss that moment. But I didn't, I didn't realize like I was dying. And um, I, did, I don't think I did either. Like I knew you were sick. I was very concerned. But I call it a miracle, call it denial. I don't know what you want to call it, but Shock. I was just, yeah, that's probably, it was just like, yeah, they're going to figure it out. Like, I don't yeah. know. 
and, and I maybe, was just I just had been so healthy like two like forty eight hours before, yeah. And so it just was like I can't be dying. Like I just delivered this baby, and I was so healthy. And so got on the helicopter. My brother was able to drive you while I was on the helicopter because we didn't want you to drive by yourself. Yeah, you took off. I took a video of you taking off and everything, and that was hard because I literally could see you on the stretcher in the helicopter as it was flying away. Yeah. And it it, it still didn't hit me like, oh, my gosh. But it was, like, very, very Scary. alarming and concerning to, like, Oh my gosh, that's my wife going away in a helicopter yeah. with a crazy high heart rate, crazy low blood pressure. Like Did, so low. Didn't you, guys. you remember seeing like vaguely on the helicopter? It was like fifty over, over 30, thirty or thirty-five. Yeah, it was so. It was the not, fact that you stayed conscious and you're. Yeah, it's. It was just not incredible. bad. It was yeah. It was so bad. But. So I drove. I drove up to the hospital. Well, sorry, I was driven up to the hospital while doing my best to text updates and things like that. Um, and I was awake on the helicopter. I got to fly over some mountains. The thirty-minute drive for me, it was a <laughs> seven minutes. or eight-minute yeah. chopper ride for. Alyssa. And I was awake. They put like the big uh, headphone earmuffs on me. Um, and I remember like when I mean they were taking my blood pressure constantly, obviously because it was so bad. But I remember one of the blood pressures that they took. And that's when I tried to peek on the screen. My eyes started getting really swollen, so it was kind of hard for me to see. And I probably was sleepy um, because my heart was uh, not pumping much blood around my brain. But I remember when the when the numbers popped up on the blood pressure chart, um, the nurse saw them and she pumped a whole bunch of medications in me. And she was, again, calm but swift. It was It was, yeah. So I realized, like, wow, I'm probably not doing so hot. But I remember getting off the helicopter, so they flew me up to, um, like, essentially a level one trauma, um, just, you know, 30 minutes up the road. Um, I remember getting off the helicopter and being taken into, immediately to the ICU there. and Shock trauma, floor four. Shock trauma ICU. STICU, stick you. Um, but again... They so they did more tests on me there. Um, they kept checking my heart because my heart was not good. Um, I was classified as in heart failure, and essentially they were like, "We think something's either wrong with your bowels or your uterus, but we're not really sure." That's what it boiled down to after testing all day. Yeah, they had you on medication to keep your blood pressure from dropping off a cliff it was still crazy to low to keep my heart pumping what, what was it called a constrictor is that what they called it it constricts your veins to yeah. like make sure that oh like, i was pumps, on the list of medications it pumps the veins for you essentially the list of medications was astronomically huge i was on so many meds just to literally keep me alive but so we essentially were told like it was i had an infection they weren't sure what it was but it was probably one of two things but they weren't even sure on that and they needed to do surgery, but they could not do surgery because my heart was not strong enough and I would not survive surgery. That yeah. is what we were told. And we were like, okay. So what? So now what are we going to do? And so honestly, they I'm sure there was a lot going on behind the scenes. It's not like they were like, yep, and then went and sat at their desk. I, they, I know that they were just trying to figure out what the heck to do to save my life. And I don't know the time frame, 
but um, we were told I could not, I would not survive surgery. And then, I don't know, an hour later, I don't know how long it was after, they came in and said, we need to take you to surgery immediately or you will die. They probably didn't say it in those exact words. It was like, we are taking you immediately. And I said, well, what's the other option? They're like, there's not another option, basically. They said, essentially, like, we can hope that the antibiotics were, will kill whatever the infection is, but, but it's not is doing gonna it. But your heart going to stop, basically. Um, so that was like 4 p.m. on Sunday, April 2nd at this point. Yeah. And so I was told, like, just before, well, we can't take you to surgery because your heart's not going to make it. And now you, this is your only option or you're, or you're not going to make it. And there was a lot of going on behind the scene for that hour, I'm sure, on the doctor's end. A lot of back and forth debating what to do, I'm sure. And um, I was told I would be having a hysterectomy or and or I would be having a ton of my bowel removed and end surgery with a um, colostomy bag. For the rest of your life. would be for the rest of my life. Both of which were devastating and terrifying i didn't realize um the reality of it at the time i'm always asked like did you know you would have a hysterectomy um the answer is yes but also you know i think in my head i still thought like ah that's not gonna happen like they're gonna figure something out like there was a lot of times for me at least where i'm like this isn't real life yeah like this it was so real and tangible but at the same time it was like we're living an episode of Grey's Anatomy right now. Yeah, it just it just didn't feel real. It just had happened so fast. And so so yes, I mean I I was told that that could happen, but I didn't think it actually would. Um and to show you even how like aware I was at the time mentally, I mean you signed the consent forms for my surgery. Yeah. That doesn't show that you were aware mentally. No, I'm saying I was not. Like oh, I just oh, was, oh, that you were no, not that aware I to was, show your current state. Yeah, 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 that I was just not great. <laughs> yeah, I signed the so, forms, which was, I think my hand was probably shaking as I signed them. I'm like, yeah, like this is the only option, but yeah. geez, this is terrifying. And I remember the anesthesiologist was in there chatting, and I asked him, um how are you going to do this? Like my heart's, I can't, I'm not going to survive this. Like, how are you going to put me to sleep? I'm not going to wake up. And he just was like, I got you. He was super chill. He was, the he was calm. Confident. Not that the other doctors and nurses were not calm because I we feel like everybody. We had a few abrasive doctors who were just like abrupt, like we have to take you to surgery now and these are your options. But he was. Which was necessary yes, for sure. But this yes. doctor just exuded like this calm confidence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that 100%. was a tender mercy. You call it another miracle. Yeah. Like this oh, doctor 100%. just had this presence like I haven't taken time to like reflect on him or anything until right now but he just gave me like I was terrified still but like just the confidence he exuded was like I think he literally said like I got you yeah like, no absolutely. and I said like, I think I even said like take good care of her and he like gave me like this look like dude like I got her like we're good and I was like okay but I know looking back there's no way he could have known with that assurity but he gave off that assurity, which was great. Great bedside manner. Yeah, he was just very confident. He reassured both of us, like, I I got you. Like, I'm going to keep your heart pumping. Like, we're going to be okay. 
And then they took me to surgery. And the next couple days, you'll have to share because I was not <laughs> awake for them. So they took you to... Well, I do... Okay, let me backtrack yeah, just ahead. a second. I um, was awake all the way to being laid on the uh, surgical table. So my heart's just like barely beating. I mean, I, well, beating too fast, but barely pumping any blood rather. And I'm so, so sick. My body, so I was in what they call septic shock, which is just the worst kind where organs are failing. Because the infection all, had gotten into the bloodstream so, and was just yeah. infecting So everywhere. my entire body was just literally being poisoned. And um, I just was still awake. And I was trying to make jokes. I was pretty lighthearted. Like I felt just pretty, I was really sad and scared, but also just like pretty calm. And I remember they laid me onto the table and I kid you not, I lay on that table and I'm surrounded by a minimum of 15 people, um, doctors and nurses and so many people. And I have since had, um, a couple little surgeries here and there. And I've come to realize like, that's not typical <laughs> for a normal routine surgery, but there was a lot of people running around that room and they lay me on the table and I remember making a joke about how I didn't have underwear on. <laughs> And that. I just was trying to be funny and keep it lighthearted in that room. And I don't remember what they said. And then I was asleep. She made that joke. <laughs> they, she, we forgot to mention as they, in the oh yeah first ICU, when they wheeled her away for life flight, they put her on this wheeling stretcher and she thought she was hilarious. And she was like, they see me rolling. <laughs> and I'm like, it, it was like. So much of a roller coaster of emotions, like, oh my gosh, she's dying, or I guess I didn't even know you were dying, but like it was like she's in like the worst pain possible, this is awful, and then she does that, and I'm like, oh, and it would be like this glimmer of hope, like, oh, she's good. And I remember like going back to then your surgery, like, I, I wish I could say I remember with more clarity, like, our what could have been final i love you like i remember mm -hmm. saying it over and over again yeah, just wanting to I hear remember, you say it one yeah. more time you didn't say it back every time and i not am like not mad about that at all because you were talking to doctors you were being wheeled away to surgery trying but like, not to die and stuff yeah i mean but i just remember thinking like as they wheeled you away and I'm watching them take you away like you didn't look back or anything obviously you were in tons of pain it would have been hard but I was just like I, it didn't even occur to me like until after the fact mm -hmm. like that that would have been like the last time I saw you um but they took you away and they had said that we could go to the waiting room to wait no idea on a time frame of how long this thing would be um they told us like that they would bring you back to the same icu room so we could leave our stuff there but um i after they wheeled you away i couldn't even like hold myself up like i think the lack of sleep the adrenaline just everything just all of a sudden just like I just like I didn't collapse in the sense that I fainted or anything, but I, oh, I just curled in a ball. I curled in a ball in the corner of that ICU and just I cried harder than I'd ever cried in my life in that moment, just because I 
everything all of a sudden at once was hitting me like on top of the lack of sleep and the adrenaline finally like stopping like it was like the first moment I feel like where I finally paused and was like the reality of the situation just hit me like a bus like in the face like I could not like I was slumped over in a chair like just shaking uncontrollably like sobbing and I remember like everybody stepped out at one point like because at that point my mom was there your parents were there and I think my mom initiated like let's let's step out and give them some time like I needed to be consoled but I also needed that time to be alone and I in my life have never felt lower than I did for that time and I just remembered uttering a prayer I think it was out loud even as I'm slumped over I think I I had made the motion to like get up out of the chair and like I thought I was good to go but I went to go get like a phone charger or something in a backpack and I had to like squat down and I just fell on top of my backpack again and just started sobbing and I just remember saying like this prayer like just over and over again crying out loud like please save my wife I just didn't know what to do. I just felt alone, betrayed, new baby, balancing, just everything was so, oh, just so foggy and terrible and heavy. And I oh, somehow gathered my stuff. I remember a couple times, like during the prayer, like just looking up and I could see my mom outside and they were all chatting and I saw the nurse a couple of times walk by and like make eye contact with her and I just she could I just remember seeing her eyes locked on mine for like a brief moment and I could just imagine what I looked like based off of how she was looking <laughs> at me and oh that that was like the lowest point right there when they got wheeled away and my mom took me outside and we walked around I think she had to like carry me pretty much at some points so I was just dragging my feet just crying so hard just mom Alyssa's gonna die I don't know like it's like when I realized like oh my gosh I was just seeing my life in front of me like holy cow how in the heck am I supposed to raise these kids by myself like I even went as far to like be like I have to remarry somebody <laughs> like that sounds I don't want to date again like everything was just like hitting me at once like I even have the thought and I told you like oh my gosh she's gonna have a colostomy bag the rest of her life what if she's paralyzed what if she's in a wheelchair the rest of her life I even had this thought like like maybe it's easier if she dies like I had that thought like all the thoughts were there like Never at once, obviously, did I want you to die, but, like, the thought did cross my mind, like, man, like, maybe death happen? is easier. Like, I don't know, like, I shudder to think about that, but, so we walked around outside for a little bit. My cousin, oh, guys, everybody was involved with this thing, family and friends, like, my cousin brought me some food, and I somehow ate it. My sister called me. FaceTimed me on accident. I just found out. I didn't, I didn't realize that she had FaceTimed me on accident, but just sitting in the first floor waiting room, 
not even the waiting room. It was just like the lobby area and eating Chipotle and just trying to take bites. Like I was starving, but like felt like I was going to throw up. But talking to my sister, she was able to make me laugh a little bit. My mom stepped out for a second to like thank my cousin for bringing the dinner. And I was just there with my sister on the phone and she was like, Thomas, you got to eat that or else mom's going to be mad. And I was like, all right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was just funny, but, um, sorry, I got into details there a little bit, but, um, going back to kind of like where things were at. So probably an hour after the fact, um, after they took you to surgery, um, got a call from somebody in the surgery team and we thought the surgery was over. And so I was like, Oh mom, somebody just called. They said, we got to go up to the second floor waiting room, like where the surgery center was. And we didn't mention too my surgery. They called an exploratory laparotomy. So literally they were just cutting my entire abdomen open and searching to find out what was wrong. So anyway, yeah, yeah, that's good information. So they called us, we went up there and I was like, mom, like, what does this mean? Like, is this good news that it's so fast and they're done or what? And she's like, I think it's good news if they're already done. But we were so naive because we get up there and this was surgeon one of four that would come to give me updates to this whole thing. This surgeon, this I think it was a woman, she was like, hey, I did my part. And I was like, oh, so surgery's not over. And she was like, no, it's no, 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 no. Um, she just provided the update, like, Hey, like we opened her up. Um, there's a lot of inflammation, a lot of swelling, a lot of, infection. a lot of infection. At that point, they couldn't even see your uterus because your bowels were just so inflamed. And so she was like, so next step here is we're going to have the, um, GI surgeon kind of just clean the bowels out and try to reduce inflammation there so we can get to the uterus um and so that was the update they provided and i was like okay and so from that point on we sat in that waiting room for the whole time because they were like the next person will come provide an update again no time frame like no idea how long it was going to take but um so that was like an hour in so from six o'clock on 6 p.m on we were in that waiting room um and every so often, a new surgeon would come in through the doors and say, for Alyssa, like Alyssa Nilsson. And they'd come provide an update. So the GI doctor came, provided an update. He said, like, they cleaned your bowels out. Um, they took, like, medical term, they took a lot of stool out that had been, like, backed up. They took a lot of fluid out. It was super inflamed. They cleaned it out. Pretty much gave you a straight-up colonoscopy. Mm -hmm. um, and he said that there was only a couple areas, like... And that was another thing, too. They were concerned about doing that when it was so inflamed and swollen because they were worried about puncturing it. Yeah, they were like, that was their biggest concern. That was one of the doctors that was giving it to us pretty straight. Like, yeah. she was like, yeah, we could puncture it. And that would be really bad because then bowel would start spilling everywhere. Yeah, you're already infected and then we're going to add that to it. But luckily, by a miracle... Again, this GI doctor was like, yep, we cleaned it out, flushed it out. There was two areas where it was pretty, like, inflamed, so we'll just have to keep an eye on those. But like, I have tattoos on my intestines. Yeah, Alyssa's <laughs> got some sweet tats. Um, but they were like, yeah, everything is done on that part. Doctor so-and-so is up next. And I was like, okay. And then 
I don't remember if there would have been one more between... I thought I remember four Doctor updates, but maybe it was only three. Because there was the general, there was this GI one, and then I think around midnight was when the OB surgeon came. Who was the one that would have been checking your uterus and performing the hysterectomy. And at midnight... Um, my surgery started around 5 p.m. Right? Yep, so this was seven hours of surgery later. This OB surgeon comes in. Um, I had been laying down in a chair trying to be comfy, trying to sleep a little bit. Um, but he walked in. At this point, it was just us in the waiting room. Nobody else was having surgery on a Sunday night. Um, so he walked in, and I immediately stood up and like started to walk toward him. He's like, no, 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 sit down, sit down. And like you would think like I'd freak out, like, oh, my <laughs> gosh, that's bad news. But like it didn't hit me at all. But he was like, no, no, no sit down. And he sat down with me. And I remember he had surgical glasses on, and he, like, took those off and was, like, wiping his brow like like he was sweaty. He ripped off his mask that he had on like he had just run a marathon in mm -hmm. his scrubs. He just looked physically and emotionally beat down, worn out, and he was like, okay, so here's the deal. We got to the uterus, um, and I remember him saying, like, there is no doubt in our minds, there's zero doubt left that the uterus was for sure the source of infection. He was like, it was very, very infected, pussy, yellow, so we had to get it out. And so he said the update that he performed a hysterectomy, they cleaned everything out. Um, and his exact words <laughs> were, we're not out of the woods yet, but we're getting closer and that was, again, one of those times where I was just like, oh, wow, this was bad and still is bad. Like, again, like, I don't know. I don't understand how things didn't hit me. Maybe it was a miracle that I, in the moment I wasn't as like, oh, my gosh, this is a life-threatening thing. Like, I knew it, but I didn't at the same time. So his exact words, like I said, were not out of the woods yet, but were You're close to the we're edge close to or the something, edge or something along those lines. But for sure he said we're not out of the woods yet. Um, so that was around midnight. <laughs> He said that they were going to just close you up. They weren't going to close you up officially. They were going to leave the wound open because they were going to have to go back in to like check 24 hours later. Um, but then the nurse cleaned you up. She gave you a nice shower, um, braided your hair, which was so nice of her. And then she came down and got us around 1 o'clock, 1.30 and said, you can come up and see her. And So when you came and saw me, the hair was braided, and I was already... When I saw your hair was braided, I didn't see you. Like, you were bathed and everything. Like, you looked... Well, I mean, you didn't look great, but no, like... No, I looked awful. You looked put together, at least yeah. in the sense. Your hair wasn't disheveled or anything like that. They had braided your hair, cleaned you up. And so we went in there, and just seeing... Man, it's hard to describe the feeling of seeing your wife... With a tube down her throat, head like turned to the side, just very swollen, so very, swollen. Very, like very, imagine, very like swollen. Imagine, like the most swollen person you've seen after wisdom teeth, <laughs> but times that by twenty, so, and then over the whole body, literally. like your feet, your fingers, everything. Eyelids. Yeah, eyelids. Oh, it was hard to see like that, but like. They had your vitals going, and your vitals were better a little bit. So that was that was great, but... reassuring. Like, hey, like we're okay. Well, not okay, but stable, I guess you could say. So 
um, the nurse recommended taking a couple pictures of you just like for our own purposes so that when we came back and saw you, we could compare like, oh, mm -hmm. swollenness, like has it gotten mm -hmm. worse, has it better? Um, she showed us your incision. Like it was not like her stomach was wide open. They like taped it closed. Um, but like you could still see where it was and everything. And I just remember seeing that and whatever. So they said that they were going to keep you intubated and out for the next day. Um, this was Sunday. And so I went home and, well, after that whole day, I don't, I slept from two thirty to six, maybe. I don't, I don't remember, but, um, I went back up to the hospital that next day with your parents. I'm pretty sure we knew you weren't going to be like awake, but I still just wanted to be there just to like, you know, you know, be there, support, like just check on you, make sure everything was okay. So we were there. We stayed a few hours, but there wasn't really anything to do. And they were like, she's good. We'll update you with anything. But I do remember, I think it was this day. No, 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 that was the next day. So next day again, came back. Um, they had taken you off of like the sedation, I think. And you well, had another surgery. Right. So yeah, backtracking there, they had the other surgery that early Tuesday morning where they went back in to check everything and do another they flush. Cleaned, yeah, clean my abdomen out. So they provided the update there and said like, okay, like they went in, she's cleaned up, she's stapled up now. Um, she's going to be coming to in the next hour or two. So I went up, I think my mom or your parents are both like offered to come with me, but I had said like, I want to just be there initially when you get there. I just wanted to be just me. So I got there and you were still very much, um, out of it. Like you would barely maybe kind of squeeze my hand. If I said, I love you, you could kind of like, barely open your eyes a little bit just to kind of look at me i still was intubated at the time still intubated still... couldn't talk um but slowly 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 coming to you give me like a couple like very subtle i love you signs with your hand um and then they gave you a pen and a paper to write things because mm -hmm. the nurse was like sometimes they can write a little bit better than they can talk at first so you thought, did you think you, do you remember at all very well? Like, yeah. Did you so, think you had died or you were in a dream or what was that So again? this is, so this is like now where I come back. So I had been intubated for a couple days. I have one more thing I want to share oh. before okay, like you're ahead. fully with it. But it was in the time of like you writing stuff. Like the nurse told me the doctors were doing their, I don't right. know if it was their They're rounds right. or like they were meeting yeah, in like right. a huddle or something. Um, and that she like invited me to go be there in the room, mm -hmm. like where they were doing it. Um, so I said, I'll be right back to you. And I remember going into like this room, it was like a classroom where there was no less than 10 highly trained doctors and residents Fish. and fellows that were all there. They had just finished talking about some other patient and then they got to you. And they all knew who I was. They had seen me. And so I sat down and was just listening to them all go around giving their opinions on what was happening. And I just remember feeling like this immense gratitude in that moment. Like it was overwhelming. I don't know if I cried. I don't think I did. But I just remember feeling like in good hands. Like nobody like knew what the future held or like what your healing looked like, your prognosis, whatever. But like everybody it was so reassuring and just felt so much gratitude to see so many people 
capable, competent people on your case. Like, mm-hmm. and they got done with their spiel. I think it was like 10 minutes or more of them, everybody going around giving their update and recommendations and somebody was taking notes and then they got done and they asked me if I had any questions. And I think I gave like a, a brief thank you speech, like <laughs> whatever, like I'm terrified out of my mind, but thank you guys. Like, it's amazing to see you guys all here. And that was just one of those like little tender mercies, like nothing major came out of that, but that was like a reassuring, like pat on my back, like metaphorical pat on my back. That, to know like, what was going on. Wow. There's a lot of people on the case here. So mm-hmm. Anyway, so you were still writing some notes and stuff, but then this is kind of where you so sort of start to remember stuff. So I have a memory of trying to wake up from sedation. Um, I was extremely confused. Extremely. Um, yeah, I was, you were pretty irritated. I was also on a lot of medications again. Still, the whole ICU experience, I was on many medications, so that foggied up my mind. But I was. And your hands were tied down too. Oh, yeah, because they didn't want me pulling on. They said a lot of times people come out of sedation and just like want to rip their tube out. Um, And I also could not see um, because in the um, hustle to get me to surgery, everybody forgot about my contacts in my eyes. And so my contacts had been left in my eyes for, I think, like three days or something like that. And my eyes had also gotten really, really swollen and I'm sure really dry. So I literally could not see. And um, I was just so confused. And so I'm writing these notes to Thomas. And I legitimately thought that I was dreaming. Like, 100% I was like, I am in a dream. And Thomas was in this dream with me. And so part of what I was, like, writing to you was to try and figure out, like, how to know if I'm dreaming or not. And so in my, like, delirious state, I'm trying to write notes to you in, like, code. In terrible handwriting. And, yeah, oh, I could, because I couldn't see. I was so sleepy. My hands were tied down. So the handwriting was just, we have pictures of all these. The handwriting was just awful. And, but I just was, like, trying to figure out in code, like, oh, like, how do I know I'm not dreaming? Um, I also had really fuzzy memories of, like, what had happened to, like, our baby. And I didn't know, like, the date. And so I didn't know, like, what her birthday was. I forgot her birthday. And so I was really stressed about, like, what's her birthday? Where is she? Who's taking care of her? Where are our boys? And I was also very scared, like... I was very, very scared. I remember, like, one of the notes I have on there is, like, do not leave me, please, or something. Because um, it was when I was going to be at the doctor's, like, for that meeting that I just talked about. Like, I that's when you, like, that. grabbed my arm and you, like, oh, looked at me, I like, didn't and you wrote, like, can I come? To, oh, like, real, I like, didn't know that's what that was. Yeah, you asked oh, if you could come to that meeting. Yeah. But, yeah, you were there. You did not want me to leave your side. And I reassured you, I'm like, I'll be right back. Like, mm, I'm just going to listen to the no. doctors. And you were, I like, pretty, that. not bugged, but you were, like, very oh, scared to have irritated. me leave. Well, yeah. But. And then the rest of that day is very, like, I mean, I was barely awake um, until the evening came. <laughs> and unfortunately, I stayed awake all night long. Um, I was just terrified. I was in the most pain I have ever 
then in my whole body just hurt so bad and my entire abdomen had just been cut open i they ended up doing 25 staples um in my abdomen exactly 25 yeah. yeah and i was just in so much pain i had just been literally poisoned by this infection and so and my was on all these medicines so my brain was foggy i couldn't see because of the whole contact and swollen situation um i just i was miserable and that is like an understatement i was just so miserable um and so but i was awake i was alive i didn't realize at the time how much of a miracle that was um the fact that i made it to that day like it was a literal miracle and to have doctors sit down in front of us who are well trained in what they do and their knowledge of science and everything like that to sit down and say like this is a miracle was pretty mind-blowing because you would think like no it's because you're trained and like you know how to do a good surgery and what medications to administer but no like they were like this is a miracle like you should not be alive right now so so speaking of miracle i think I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I think now might be a good yeah. time. Like, for sake of time, like, we had originally planned to kind of go through the whole ICU week. But, but it's a lot. It's a lot of details. So I think maybe what we could do is kind of shift and kind of talk about um, some of the details of the miracles that yeah. we saw just to kind of wrap up this last portion of this episode. Yeah. So I'll go, I'll talk about a couple and it's actually really amazing. We had a lot of family and friends um, involved pretty closely with this and um, we were able to reach out to them and even some of my like providers, some of the nurses and my midwife and um, to ask them this question of like what they felt like some of the miracles were because we were present for you know, what we knew the miracles were, but we were curious what other people thought. Um, so, I mean, the one that my midwife mentioned was, first of all, just like the timing of the birth of our baby, because I wanted to go home at 24 hours. And so if I would have had her at 1.30 in the afternoon, and instead of 1.30 in the morning, we would have been able to head right on home at 24 hours. But because she was born in the middle of the night, um, we had to wait then until the next morning. And that was when my symptoms had gotten worse and everything. And, and they're fairly certain that if I would have headed home, I, I would not be alive because they wouldn't have been able to take action as quickly. Yeah. Um, and so that's just one of the miracles just happened to be when the timing of when she was delivered. Yeah. And kind of going along with that too. Um, I think our midwife mentioned this, we realized it, but our midwife also mentioned it too, Mm -hmm. uh, was the fact that you decided to do this delivery unmedicated. Yeah. Like we, you had gotten medication, gotten your epidural for the first two we've talked about, I think before that the second one was last minute and didn't hardly work, but this time you were like we're not doing medication like i'm gonna just mentally prepare for that mm-hmm. and luckily you didn't have medication because the miracle um in all this is the fact that we both us and midwife and nurses involved were able to see what your threshold for pain was like yeah. you demonstrated like throughout that delivery like that you can stay pretty good with it in a good mental state like pretty much that she's 
a tough cookie. Because, like, I mean, giving a baby is supposed to be some of the worst, like, physical pain that you go through. And I was able to do that and, you know, mostly be okay. And so then, like, the following days when I was telling everybody this is way worse than delivery, that was, like, a huge sign that something was really wrong. And so they were able to know um, pretty clearly, like, what my threshold was. And yeah. so, yeah, that was pretty incredible. And because of that, they were able to then be like, okay, this is not just your run-of-the-mill post. Like, it's not like this girl is just like, oh, I'm in so much pain. Like, yeah. no, like, she's quite literally dying yeah. in right now. Yeah. So that was a miracle. Yeah, and then I already mentioned pulling the cord in the bathroom on accident, um, and then that nurse getting involved, so that was a miracle. Um, but I'm really lucky to have been able to talk to a few of the nurses in the ICU um, at the second nurses. hospital. Amazing, yeah, they amazing nurses literally the have blessed our lives, but I was able to reach out to them and say, hey, like you have a really different perspective than us. I would love to know what miracles you saw. And the, the one nurse that was there when I was brought um, by helicopter to this hospital. Same one that I mentioned that I, that saw me when I was bawling and made eye contact with. She mentioned to me, she's like, you know, I just had a baby a few months before you. Um, we're very similar ages, just similar demographics, just a lot of, she felt a lot of like really quick, um, similarities. And so she, very easy to connect. She said that she's like, I just felt immediately connected to you. And I thought like, how can I help this this girl, like, what would I want people to be doing for myself? Um, and how can I best take care of you? She said she felt very invested and just connected. And um, she also mentioned as well, um, the ICU nurses, I think, typically have two patients. And she mentioned her, I was obviously one of her patients. And then the second patient was being ready to be discharged that day. And so she almost had no responsibilities for that patient. So she was able to invest more of her time and energy into me and taking care of me and helping me um, with that. Now Um, now that you say that, I remember her being in the room like... Most of the time. Pretty much that whole day. Yeah. Which is, I guess, now looking back, not... Normal. Like that typical. No, like no, have it was incredible. In there the whole time. Um, and then one thing that she said, I'm just going to read it because it's just incredible. She said, the whole team of doctors and nurses behind the scenes making things happen for you and decision making is beyond what you could imagine. There were so many working on your case to save your life. And, um, again, it's just like what you mentioned, the room that you got to stand in and see these people just working so hard after their combined years and years and years of training to know how to best take care of me is just incredible. Yeah. Huge, huge thank you and shout out. I mean, that sounds stupid, but (laughs) like, let's take a moment to appreciate doctors and nurses in our lives. Like... What they, especially these ICU doctors and nurses, like, incredible to think about, like, their composure and their taking on these huge medical cases and just remaining composed and collected. That was a a miracle and and a side effect blessing, I guess you could say, to, like, really appreciate the doctors and what they're doing. So, um, we're just kind of going through a list here. Another one that we, we saw, a miracle... Um, as you can imagine, a lot, a lot of prayers are being offered up on Alyssa's behalf, on my behalf, on doctor's behalf. Um, so having our families like immediate, extended, 
people that we don't even know just that we've heard about after the fact just like everybody just praying for us and i don't like knowing how hard it was to go through this with all these prayers like i can't even imagine what it would have felt like without prayer so just like having everybody just just the unity i felt like there's a sense of unity we have a huge group message with my whole extended family and there were just updates going out as best we could throughout the whole day and just there was like this sense of camaraderie and looking back just this immense gratitude to be part of something this family unit that cares so much about everybody just that's kind of like a hybrid between a blessing and a miracle but there was definitely some of these miracles occurred because of this this prayer i'm 100 percent certain yeah and and part of that is being lifted up in prayer our moms um were here to take care of our children literally our two-day-old baby and they both have mentioned you know they they had their time as moms waking up all night with babies and their time has has come and passed now that they're both grandmas um so for them to be able to jump in and literally be up with a newborn all night long to work together to be able to take care of our kids and also also the emotional burden of my mom worried about me and um your mom worried about you i mean and vice versa both, too, yeah, yeah can take both worries but and then being able to be buoyed up and literally be lifted they have talked about just how incredible the strength was for these incredible women um who are grandmas to be able to be up all night with babies and then be up in the day taking care of everything. So that was part of that too, that they've mentioned. Um, Don't let anybody tell you that they're past their prime. (laughs) No, they're incredible. Um, And then another miracle too. So, I mean, um, our baby was just a couple days old when I went in to go have the surgery and it was never discussed before surgery. I don't think you really like brought it up, but it was known to the nurses that breastfeeding was important to me. Um, and I was intubated for a few days and I had a sweet nurse who, man, these nurses just make me tear up, <laughs> um, who pumped for me every like two to three hours um while i was intubated and sedated for a few days um i know you've mentioned there was like not a drop of milk that i came was gonna out. say like <laughs> that's what makes it more of a miracle like that she continued to she pump for you going. despite your body having to delegate resources yeah. elsewhere like your body was not making milk no. it was literally trying less to keep me than alive. a drop that would come out but she would continue to just pumped for you and it was just incredible that she had that sacrifice but she wanted to the reason she kept going not it wasn't because of all the milk that she was getting the reason that she kept going was so that when i woke up i could have the option um so she wanted to make sure that the option stayed for me and so that was so sweet and and nobody asked her or anything um and so we're really grateful for that and along with that too um, we had gotten a ton of donated breast milk for our baby to use at the time Um, and that was important to us and i and then we also had friends bring 
formula and so oh my gosh we could go on just of the the packages way showed people, up on our doorstep full of formula oh and diapers the way people helped clothes. us and served us is a whole nother podcast in of itself but i think literally we could take a whole episode to talk about how important the service yeah rendered on our behalf was um and honestly truthfully um the biggest miracle is my life um like we mentioned we have been told time over again that i shouldn't be alive um according to science and vitals and how my body was acting and everything like i i truthfully beat the odds um and in addition to that not even just me being alive but the fact that my heart never stopped pumping um my heart kept on going even though it was barely pumping any blood it kept on going and i asked i asked like why did i have to take a helicopter ride like why couldn't i just take an ambulance ride up to the bigger hospital because it's not like they rushed me to surgery once we got there but i was essentially told that i was at risk of dying at any moment the note specifically said we're life flighting patient um for risk of imminent Imminent death. death Yeah, so I was literally, like, they were prepared for my heart to stop at any moment because that's how sick I was. And so they couldn't risk having me be um, with the paramedics. They needed me with more experienced life flight nurses. So just the fact that I'm alive, we thank God every day because it's truly a miracle. And also, I, I have read a handful of case studies and talked to various doctors and stuff like that, but... It's also a miracle that I have all four working limbs um, because for how long my blood pressure was so low, um, your body starts to divert your blood to your vital organs. Yeah, it it, um, keeps it to your vital organs and it's like, man, we don't really need the arms and legs. You can live without those. Yeah. Yeah, and so apparently, I don't remember this, but apparently my fingers and my toes started turning like really, really blue because they didn't have enough blood flow and yet i now have perfectly good use of my legs and my arms and my heart too i was gonna say your heart like my heart is incredible there's been hiccups in recovery that we'll talk about another time but one thing that has not been a hiccup is your heart yeah which is incredible my heart has that was written off early on in the recovery it It took a totally good like a good week or so but like my heart is strong and great and not damaged and it's honestly functions at full capacity yeah yeah so honestly there is there's so many more miracles there's so many more things to talk about in the icu um, I ended up being in the hospital for three weeks, so we just covered the first, like, what, three days? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to... And the, yeah. the list of miracles is unbelievable, but we... Um, and we'll talk about those, We don't want to keep you up all night listening or all day while you're listening to this, but we do want to keep talking about the miracles because we feel so much gratitude towards our Heavenly Father for, you know, how this turned out, that we can still be here together, that I can be here to raise our kids um and that our marriage can continue on and um some days we wonder (laughs) what it is great that we're supposed to do in this life because we're basically given a second chance and for now it's just being together um doing our best to be present in the moment um it's definitely a gift that we've been given especially knowing that this is our last baby just being able to soak it up with her 
um, embrace like all the little things. Um, maybe one day we'll do something grand, but for now, the amazingness is just here in the walls of our home, um, as our little family. And we know that most of you listening at a time or another have prayed for us. Been part of these miracles. And so we thank you, um, so, so much. Um, we believe in the power of prayer. We believe in the grace of our Heavenly Father and... We know that he is aware of us and aware of our needs and aware of what we need in the exact moments. Um, Life is really hard (laughs) and we all go through really, really hard stuff. But if we've learned anything, it's that um, Heavenly Father is there for us always. And hopefully in one way or another, you can you can find that for your own life. We want to continue with the story because we feel like we have to share these miracles because we just feel so much gratitude. And so we will continue with that. Um, But for tonight, that is what we have. And we thank you and we love you. And I love you, Thomas. I love you too, Lizzie. Thanks for listening, guys. Love the Nilsons.